The Severe MMA Podcast Extra, first ever edition here. No Sean Sheehan, Andrew McGahan flying solo. And I'm joined by a man, not that I had to hunt down, that actually said, when am I coming on your podcast? Head of the UFC of EMEA, um, the Irish man himself, Dahi McAleenan, David Allen. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing very good, Andrew. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast. And, and it's a pleasure to be asked to be on the podcast. Oh, well, of course. I, I did have to ask when you were available. But if yes. it wasn't for the, uh, eh, what's the story here? When am I, when am I coming on? I, had to, I couldn't say no. Um, Dave, since I last saw you, we spoke in Dublin. Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo took the roof off the convention centre. Did you expect it to go down the way that it did? Uh, absolutely. I mean, um, when you think of all the Irish fans and to any event that the Irish people get behind to support one of their own and to support their own athletes, especially as they're going on the world stage, and as you and I have talked about, there's Conor taking the, the Irish flag and walking into the fight capital of the world and Jose coming up from Brazil, walking into the fight capital of the world with the Brazil flag wrapped around him, it is going to be something of an exceptional event. I'll give you a little ta- teaser and a little taste of some news that's just broken on, on my desk here in the office over the last couple of minutes. And we've done an analysis on the ticket sales for the event itself on the night. An excess of 24% of all tickets sold have come from the UK and Ireland. So uh, over a quarter that we know of, including um, all fans who will be out there, not just for the event itself, but out for International Fight Week, are coming from Ireland and the UK. Now, we also know that there's a huge big percentage of sales in the US, and I can guarantee that they will all be Irish Americans who are coming in from Boston and Chicago and everywhere else, flying in for the fight. So, I think there'll be a huge uh, ole, ole, ole song fest going on at that event that night. Something that I tried to explain to American counterparts when I was over there in Boston, and they just couldn't grab the concept of it. As an Irishman yourself, the one thing that's been overlooked, J1 students. Maybe J1s weren't around in your time when you were still in the motherland, but think of the amount of Irish that are over on working visas in California, teenagers that always spend a week in Vegas during the summer, the amount of people that I personally know that are heading off to work or play with uh, GA teams for the summer that are taking their week's break just to go to Vegas the week of Connor's fight with no intention of trying to get in or to try to get a ticket other than to soak up the atmosphere of either International Fight Week, the weigh-ins and the general buzz around the place. Well, I think International Fight Week, if you, if you go on UFC.com and the full itinerary of what's going to happen during International Fight Week is there, and I, I won't go through every element of it, but what I would say to anybody is that if, if, if they like combat sport in any shape or form, International Fight Week is the place to be. It's going to be a festival right from Monday all the way through, actually not just all the way through to the the Saturday night, there's going to be another event announced on the Sunday um, that's going to happen as well. So we're going to add to that calendar and schedule later on this week. For $60, you can get into the expo and meet all the great uh, fighters. We're going to be releasing our new Hall of Fame and all the candidates that's stepping into the Hall of Fame. We're going to have great exhibitions on. There are some great fights that you can actually go to all week because the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation 
are going to be holding their world championships during International Fight Week, with the final being on on the Friday of the weigh-in in the Expo Centre as well. So it's a fantastic week. All the countries are doing their trials all around Europe and all around the world at this moment in time, with athletes competing to get to the world championships. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. So for $60, and hotels are as cheap as chips when you go out to Vegas, being Irish, who took that trip down there. There were only 10,000 in the ground. Everybody else just wanted to soak up the atmosphere, watch the game of viewing parties. And that's a similar thing that's going to happen when people get out to Vegas to watch this event. Go to parties, sit around together with all your friends, and absolutely soak up the atmosphere. I mean, it, it's an exceptional opportunity. They don't come across every, every couple of weeks to have an Irish guy fighting for the title in the fight capital of the world. It is going to be something that we will never forget, and I can't wait to get out there myself. So you're actually heading out? Absolutely. You're not being made to stay in London? I'm heading out. I'm going to get there. I'll be there for all the activities during International Fight Week, and then what I'll do is I'll get on a plane on the Sunday morning, uh, which will get me back into the UK on the Monday, and then I head up to Glasgow for our event, which is the following weekend in Glasgow, our first time to Glasgow ever. And the Scottish fans have been asking for us to come there for such a long time. Dana made the promise, we keep our promises, and so we're coming to Glasgow. Would you actually, I think, it would be a little unfair um, for someone like myself that covered amateur Irish MMA so extensively. There's already the Irish team picked. There was no qualifiers over here due to the controversy last year where there was qualifiers held and then money wasn't made available. But there's already an Irish team picked that are going to fund themselves and head out to Vegas. And I think it would be as fitting for <clears throat> us to cover that ourselves. Um, as we see, hopefully, Irish amateur fighters achieve their dreams of becoming world champions in Vegas before the guy that kind of set it all, set the trend going, becomes a world champion himself, potentially, on the Saturday night. And also, I may be the first person to cover a UFC with a black eye because there are... The IBJJF are hosting a tournament on the Friday and Saturday um, at the UFC Expo as well. The American Nationals. Well, I, I'd pay money to see somebody give you that black eye, Andrew. So uh, I'll be there for that. What's, what's this now? There's definitely been... There's something happening here. You're as mean to me as possible in Dublin. And now you're saying you're hoping getting black eyes. Well, I think the, the, the beautiful thing about it is that we're, we're big supporters of the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation and we're big supporters of many of the other federations, whether it's Taekwondo, Judo, wrestling. We're, we're big supporters of making sure that the grassroots of the sport, which you are heavily involved in in Jiu-Jitsu, the grassroots of the sport flourish all around. And also that it helps put governance, put safety in place. And, and do a lot more things on the ground. And, and you think back to whether it's five, six years ago, there was Connor sitting in the, in the stand out at, at the UFC for the first time ever and saying to himself, that's what I want to be. So he had to start somewhere, and he started by joining a local gym and working his way up to the top. And I'm sure that there's many, many more, uh, whether they're Irish, whether they're Brazilian, whether they're English, whether they're American, kids out there now who are being drawn to this fantastic sport and it is a sport despite uh -huh. Joe Duffy there you go so I'm just being careful how we, how we say that I didn't mention the man's name I wouldn't actually mention his name I don't think did you he, listen 
don't, I don't think he deserves the credit of being mentioned. I think it's an absolute disgrace that somebody on a national broadcast channel can actually talk in such an uneducated way. But anyway, our job is I to educate. Our, our, our job is to educate people um, because not everybody understands what we're doing, and you've helped by being on those programs and trying to educate people. And I think the best education is um, turn up at a gym, go to an event, see what it's all about. It's okay to make a choice because it may not be for you. You know, I, 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 I say this all the time. I live here in the UK, which classes itself as a great cricket nation, although they're getting whooped every day of the week at the moment, classes itself as a great cricket nation. I don't like cricket, but I have a choice to turn the television off or not go to the event. And I don't slag the sport off. It's just that I don't like it. It's not for me. There are many other sports that I do like. So I think that's the thing that people have to do is educate themselves and really understand what the sport is about. And that's where the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation, with our support, are doing an immense job right across the world. There are now in excess of 48 countries affiliated to the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation. There, are, there is work being done at grassroots level by people putting their hand in their own pocket, taking time out every single evening, whether it's training kids, training you know, teenagers, training adults like yourself, taking time out to put the effort in to help grow the sport all around the world. That's why we all love what we're doing. I have to say, I don't like hearing myself uh, being called an adult. Age catches up with us all. Yeah, I'm not not too fond of it. 22. I preferred when I was the youngest person credentialed at these things at 18. Anyway, um, you are the head of EMEA for those that don't know. The next time we will see you is just a month from now, UFC Berlin. It was dealt a pretty bad blow. Alexander Gustafsson um, unfortunately getting injured and having to pull out of the main event. <clears throat> a lot of people were telling me that... Um, the react like the event is partially being saved, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but saved by the fact that there are profile German fighters that are fan favorites that are on the cards still, as opposed to yeah we've lost the heavyweight fight and they're annoyed about that, but they still have uh, Sabata, Hein, and Seaver all on the card themselves. Well, I think it's it's like anything in life, Andrew. Once one door shuts, another one opens with opportunity, and what we have in Berlin is probably um, uh, what I would say is an unbelievable card. We have for the first time ever a f woman champion of the world going to fight and defend the women's championship for the first time ever in Europe and for the first time ever in Germany. So we have two women headlining the main card on a UFC event. The only other time that that's happened was when Ronda fought. So it's an exceptional uh, main bout on that card. We then have, as you, you indicated, we've got three German fighters who are actually on the main card. So Nick Hein, Sabata, and Dennis Seaver on the main card. But the real interesting thing about this is, about the international aspect of all of this, there are in excess of 13 nationalities fighting on the card. There's people, there's fighters coming from the four continents of the world, from Europe, South America, North America, and, and Asia. So it's a spread all around the world. And if you think of our last event that we held in Krakow, we had ticket purchases 
from over 32 different countries attend the event. So like we've been talking there a few moments ago about you know, people traveling to International Fight Week, here's another great opportunity for people to come and see an unbelievable event right in the center of Europe, in the capital city of Germany, in Berlin, on a, you know, a fight night that's a world championship fight that will be aired on Fight Pass all around the world. Everybody gets the opportunity to see this for five ninety nine. There are bars in Dublin that cost more for a pint of Guinness. You know, well, what a great opportunity for everybody to see a world championship fight and to see a proper fight, not something that happened a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't think... I think anyone that gets annoyed over that fight like hadn't seen um, Pacquiao or Mayweather fight in the last couple of years. That fight was always going to go that way. And I think it was... It was interesting to see the outrage because so many people um, wanted to see the fight, you know, because it was the fight that hadn't been made and everyone was talking about seeing. And then there were, you could say, they were all let down themselves by the end result. But apart from that, a world class performance from Floyd Mayweather in beating Absolute. Manny Pacquiao. Um, a few quick things before we let you go. Talk to me about your EMEA schedule. Is it still you like to have a pint of Guinness? in Dublin towards the end of the year for 2015? I think that the, the, the best way of, of describing what we're doing at this moment in time is we, we've just come out of Stockholm where we had 30,000 people in the middle of the night watch Alex Gustavuson take on Anthony Rumble Johnson uh, in what was an unbelievable event. We entered into uh, a new market in Krakow and we had an excess of 10,000 people see a fantastic n night of entertainment and athletes at the top of their game and so that was a new market for us we then returned to Berlin in a couple of weeks time and then we go to a new market in Glasgow uh, four weeks after that so we've got a hectic schedule ahead of us for the time being we have made a promise Dana and myself have made the promise that we are returning to Ireland this year we're dotting the I's crossing the T's and waiting on the ink to dry from our lawyers um, but we should be able to announce something, uh, hopefully during International Fight Week, of when exactly we will be in Dublin. But we are coming to Dublin in the back months of this year. That's uh, convenient that I'll be in Vegas at the same time, so you could just tell me. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you're there, I'll let you know. There you go, helping us out. Um, we're talking before about tough Europe and how it's one of the UFC things that they really want to do and maybe tough's getting a little bit of criticism now from uh, fans on the outside about the ATT and Black Zillions and this was going to be the revamp the kickstart but unfortunately when you go into such a limited uh, a limited base say of fighters that maybe it's not going to be as good as when you have trials when fighters can come from all around the world what, what is Tough Europe, in your opinion, going to do to get people uh, back loving the series? Well, I think th th there's a couple of things that Tough does. No, number one, it, it, it was the, the catalyst for the, the kickoff of the UFC under our new ownership, under Zoffa. And it, it was the catalyst for people understanding what the sport was about, understanding you know, the, the, the makeup of how everybody puts an effort in, lives in a house, in a reality program, and then that set a benchmark 
for all other tufts that happened after that and allowed great people who were working in either other promotions or working in the amateur side of the sport to enter into the UFC because the ultimate prize at the end of it is entering into the UFC. So, and, and that is one of the biggest goals that Tough actually produces is it helps us find the next generation and the new fighters that's out there from all around the world whether they come from a training camp as the, the current Tough show is doing whether it's entering and developing a new women's weight division as it did in the last one with the straw weight division or whether it's a new format that we come up with uh, and hopefully for the European market because one of the things that we have um, some issues with at this moment in time is everybody keeps saying to me you know when are you coming to Russia Dave when are you coming to Turkey Dave when are you coming to France when are you coming to Holland it got, the list goes on and on and the problem that we have which is a good problem to have actually we've got 580 fighters on our roster at this moment in time and of those 580 fighters some of them may be injured some of them may be having some time out some of them are ready to fight again but the majority of the fighters fight you know maximum three times a year unless you're the, like a Don, um, the cowboy Donald Cerrone you know some of they fight three times a year and if we're putting on in excess of 40 events all around the world and these fighters are fighting three times a year and you've got 12 to 13 maybe 14 bouts on every card you just have to multiply the numbers together to see we don't have enough fighters so the ultimate goal of tough is to find the next generation of great fighters and to give people the opportunity to enter into the UFC something that you touched on there that caused a little bit of outrage like maybe guys only fighting two or three times a year a lot of fighters um, and I know maybe dealing with the EMEA stuff you may not experience this but we just spoke on the podcast earlier on uh, no less than 20 minutes ago about the Reebok deal and people are very quick to slate it but if you're a European based fighter where the sport of mixed martial arts is like whatever about it affect in the US uh, fighters where you know the sport is a lot bigger it's a lot more established and the sponsorship money is greater I don't think there is many European based fighters that would be getting two and a half thousand dollars for one sponsor because of how the sport isn't as big over here yet or it may not seem as value for money if you look at say Norman Park or Paul Redmond I think the Reebok deal will benefit them greatly but the were you shocked at the outrage from so many fighters? Do you think that Dana has got, come out in the last day and said something needs to happen, This something needs to be made right? He rang Matt Mitrione, he was on to Miles Jury and that maybe they weren't, the UFC weren't expecting the reaction from the fighters that they got. I think, it, again, like anything in life, when, when you implement change into anybody's life, it, it causes a little bit of concern and people need to get to understand what the the bigger picture is and the bigger goal is and and so the, leave the money aside for for the first part of the conversation let's come back to what we're trying to do here as as a company and as a sport and how we're trying to enhance what our athletes are so every other sport in the world has a kit deal of some shape or form whether it's a Manchester United or a Manchester City who are running around with a swoosh from Nike on, on their chest. Whether you go to basketball or you go to the NBA or you go to um, 
NFL in the US. There, there are kit deals in place, and those things have been in place for many, many years, and it's an accepted part of the sport. You sign for Man United, you walk into the changing room, you take off the, the jersey off the hook, you put it on your, on your body, and out you run onto the pitch, and nobody ever thinks about it. They don't even think about it. And all the money that Nike put to Manchester United goes directly to Manchester United. The difference on the money there is that the money that's coming in, with the exception of some costs in terms of servicing our athletes, all the money goes directly back to the athletes. But what we're trying to do is bring sport to a level that's similar to those other franchises that I've just talked about. So when an athlete walks into the octagon and they're wearing the colours of the red corner or they're wearing the colours of the blue corner or they're a champion or whatever it is, that it's easily recognisable to everybody. That people who turn on the UFC, they don't need to see a logo, they'll immediately go, that's the UFC. The same as when you turn the telly on and you look at Barcelona or Manchester United, you, you immediately know what it's about. The other part of it is the investment from Reebok it goes way beyond the dollars as well. The investment from Reebok is in actually them setting up a whole business unit around the category of mixed martial arts. So what they will bring to it is authenticity to the sport. They will bring their expertise in making and developing the best apparel that anybody can wear that will actually enhance the performance of the athlete. So whether that's with wicking attributes within the materials for taking away the sweat, whether that's for movement, whether that's with lightweightness, there are so many different things that the athletes will benefit from by this deal that we're doing. I saw a great picture the other day on, um, I think it was on LinkedIn, and it was a guy standing in front of a crowd, and he asked the crowd who wanted to change, and everybody put their hand up. And then the second slide in the picture said, who's going to change, and everybody put their hand down. And that, to me, tells the story in a similar way to what we're, we're going through today. Yes, we're going through change. Yes, it's new and it's fresh. Are there some things that need to be ironed out and, and you know, we learn as we're going along this route? Absolutely. We make no bones about that. Um, are we going to please all the people all of the time? No, that's an impossibility as well. But I think what we've done is, for the majority, as you've touched on, whether it's European fighters, South American fighters, or American fighters, it gives them the opportunity to concentrate on one thing and one thing only, which is their performance. Dave, thank you very much for your time. Um, one quick thing before we go. Let's say in an ideal world, um, Irish MMA is taken off completely. Obviously, the, the lower-level grassroots stars are making their way onto BT Sport and whatnot. Conor McGregor wins his world title. Um, what's the ceiling for it, for Conor McGregor in particular? What's the feeling the for ceiling, Conor McGregor? The ceiling. What's his, what's his top level? Crow Park has been talked about, but to me, he actually seems like he's bigger than Crow Park, that he's bigger than the documentaries, that he is going to become bigger than all of this. Well, I think that the, the beautiful thing for us sitting and, and you know, working with Conor or working with Jose Aldo is that we have got the best athletes in the world who fight within the UFC, and the sky is the limit. If you think of the fact that we're around as an organization for just 14 years and think of what's been achieved in those 14 years 
think about what the next 14 years we could be having a call in 14 years time you and I Andrew you'll be retired uh, no I won't be retired I don't, I'll never retire they'll carry me out in a box so you, you, you think back and in, in four years or five years time when we sit down and we have this conversation and we look back to today and we go oh my god look how things have changed look where the sport is now and I'll use Ireland as the example of it so we, we, we have a, a broadcast operation in, in Ireland where we're on Satanta TV who do an immense and fantastic job with us in showing all our fights live. We've then got the attribute of having a delayed telecast on 3E. We then have the attribute of everybody being able to watch it anytime, any place that they want on fightpass.com for 5.99. So that's making change to the world of sport. There is no other sport in the country of Ireland that operates in that way. There is no sport in the world that's able to help promote the likes of an athlete like Conor McGregor in that way. So it's a blank sheet of paper for what the next four to five years are. And we've got some great plans of where we're going to take the company, but we've also got some great plans of where we want our athletes to be. Our job is to make sure that we grow the sport and grow the fan base outside of the hardcore. The hardcore are the most important fans to us, but there is a bigger fan base out there that just need educating around the sport, and then we'll all be in a much more beautiful place. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Dave. This is a new branch of the Severe MMA podcast where I'll sit down, hopefully with someone, every two to three weeks. We don't want to overcloud it too much. We don't want to overdo it. We don't want to uh, run out of interest in people to talk to. Um, I will see you in 37 days or 30 something days whenever we get over to Berlin for the event. Um, I know I stood you up at the last one. I'm sorry about that. Well, the door is open. When you come down, um, we'll open the door to you. We'll open the door to make sure you have access to all the fighters and anybody else who's appearing down there. So we look forward to welcome you and to all your, your listeners when you come to Berlin. It's been great talking to you, Andrew. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate all your support for the UFC and for Mixed Martial Arts.